For those of you that are in here, they're thinking, I'm not sure this whole Christianity thing's for real, that you would have ears to hear in this moment that three students are going to stand up here and talk to you about how Jesus changed their life. Not just made it a little bit better, not just got them out of hell, but changed their life. And I hope that you would hear that. And so what my prayer has been is that for those of you that are, that are kind of idle, that are stuck, that God would use this to shake you a little bit. For those of you that are being faithful to God, that you're, that you're following his way, but you just need a little, you need a little like, let's do this. You need a little encouragement to go. I hope this would be that. And for those of you that are just trying to check this whole Christianity thing out, or maybe you've got a, lots of, a, a lot of doubts, that God would use this to bring assurance to where you have doubt. Cool. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to invite my friend Faith up here. She's going to be uh, Faith Germstad. You can clap. That's, that's great. Faith, it's all yours, girl. Guys, I'm Faith. Okay, so I'm just going to start off by saying that if you're in my speech class, you know that I am terrible at speaking in front of people. So anything that you hear is good for me, that's all from God because I'm terrible at speaking in front of people. Okay, so to begin with, um, I grew up in a Christian home, like probably most of y'all. I go to a Christian school. Um, I have Christian parents, and I've basically like gone to church every single day of my life. So I've been like constantly surrounded by the gospel, and it wasn't really shoved down my throat but it kind of went okay. It was kind of shut down my throat. Um, uh, so yeah, I go to Christian school. So I hear the gospel every day. You know, I, I know all the church answers. I know, uh, you know, all the, yeah, all the church answers. I know who God is, who Jesus is, all that. Um, and I really, I mean, I put it together in second grade that like in VBS, that was whenever I kind of understood that I was a sinner. Um, and I knew that Jesus, like I needed him to forgive me my sins, but um, I really didn't live, I really didn't live like that at all. And really until like junior high and, um, sorry, yeah, junior high and, uh, until freshman year. Um, so yeah, I was just, I was just walking through the motions, probably like a lot of y'all. I know, I know that that is something that we tend to do, especially if a lot of us that go to Bay Area, we all kind of do that. Um, we just kind of walk through the motions. Um, we don't really, you know, think much about it. We just kind of take it for granted. So yeah. I go to Christian school, and um, in seventh grade, that was whenever really God just kind of just kind of put himself out there. Um, so in seventh grade, I was like one of the hardest years of my life. If you can ask my brother, I probably came home crying just about every day. Um, <laughs> in seventh grade, I didn't make um, the volleyball team, but, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It seems so small, but um, it like totally, totally, guys, like it totally destroyed um, like any self-confidence that I had. It like Satan was just so um, so good at placing lies in my head, and I believed every single one of them. Like he's so good um, at making you believe like every single lie, and so he is constantly like, "Faith, you're not worthy. You're not beautiful. You're ugly. You know, you can't do this. You know, you're not good enough. You didn't make the team, so these people aren't going to like you." All this stuff, and it just kept building and building, and it really never got better. It just kind of got worse, and I just. I believed every single one of them. So, like, any kind of self-confidence that I had was just totally just not there. It was just, I didn't have any self-confidence at all. Um, I didn't know where my identity was. I was just so, I was lost. And it was just, like, I know girls, we can get that way. You can just, like, have no self-confidence at all. And that is so hard. Um, and so, I, um, yeah, so I remember, um, like, towards the end of seventh grade, I remember my mom 
sitting across the table with me and she looked at me and she was like, Faith, and she started crying. She was like, Faith, I feel like Satan has really just robbed you of your joy this year. And I was like, yeah, like, that is so true. We both just cried for a little bit. Um, but it was so true. Like Satan is so, so good. So good at um, just destroying our confidence and just making us believe every single thing that he says. Like, like you're not a child of God. Like you, like you are not worthy. You're not beautiful. You're not good enough. You're ugly. Like you can't do anything. God can't use you. All this stuff. So it basically kind of got, got worse. So um, until eighth grade year, that was whenever I started. Um, went to Kaleido, went to retreats, and um, went to camps. And um, that was whenever I really started realizing, like, hey, like, this whole, like, Christianity thing, this is, like, something that God wants us to be in a relationship with him. And so that's when I started reading the Bible, um, surrounding myself with believers, you know, opening up to them, being like, hey, like, are you going through this? I'm going through this right now. Like, and it was so, so hard. And then, um, so, yeah, I started reading the word a little bit more, like, towards the end of eighth grade year. And then really, like, in between eighth grade and freshman year, that was when um, it kind of... I don't want to say like click, but it kind of clicked because it, it definitely wasn't like overnight where I was like, wow, like I'm so beautiful and great and I'm just so perfect. Um, so yeah, really it kind of, I just started reading the Bible and just started, um, just started understanding what God really did think about me. And it also helped, like I had some older girls, um, that went to my church and were on my teams and they just really, really poured into me and just like, I'll be like, Hey, like, like, I, I'm feeling really bad today. Like, can you just pour, like, life into me and tell me what the scripture says? So they would open up and, like, tell me what the scripture said about me and be like, hey, no, like, you are not defined by, like, likes on Instagram or people or boys or socials, social status or opinions or, like, if you don't make the team or if you don't make the team or if you do make the team. Um, so, yeah, that was really just kind of the breaking point where I was like, wow, like, I'm really not defined by anything that happens on this earth because my home isn't, I'm not, like, I'm not gonna be here forever so um so heaven's my home and so nothing none of this stuff matters so it was so so um just so beautiful as I was kind of preparing for this I guess um it was so beautiful just to see how like how different my life was in seventh grade like it was such a little thing like not making the team but it like totally totally destroyed um any self-confidence I had and so now like Obviously, I'm not perfect. I still struggle with things and I have doubts and like, I don't think I'm the best person ever. Um, but it's just so cool to see like, if you just like open up and read the word and just like see like, like what the word says about you and like maybe reach out to some friends like that'll pour into you and just be like, hey, like this is what the Bible says. This is what the Lord thinks about you. You're not defined by, you're not defined by anything that happens here on earth. You're defined um, by the gospel and the gospel defines you because um, God's love is, continuously like we can't even get our minds around that but God's love is just continuously um pursuing us even though I was didn't want to have anything to do with him in seventh grade and I was like wow this is so bad but um so yeah I would just encourage you if I know especially girls that's really hard I don't know boys probably get that sometimes but um so yeah I would just encourage you to read the word and figure out like who you are in Christ um and reach out to some older girls that you think are um like godly and have uh wise words to say um it is so such a beautiful thing that god gives us um community um and also reading the word so yeah (laughs) so she she, uh she, she said girls you know what it's like and she says guys maybe that's a thing for you and the reality is it is 
your struggle to find identity is similar. Uh, Some of you have that very same story. Something got taken away from me and I just doubted God altogether. Volleyball got taken away and so she started to hear all these lies, right? So it, it, it wasn't... It wasn't that volleyball gave her worth. It was that Satan used it to, to pull away everything from her. Well, if you can't make volleyball team, well, then you must, not, you must not be good enough. You must not be this. You must not be that. And just piles up, piles up, piles up, piles up, piles up. That's a lot of y'all's stories of struggling to find where, where do I matter? Everybody's asking that question. Where you find, where, where you find the answer of where do I matter? Some of you, it, well, it's different. And what faith is saying, what I appreciate about what faith is saying is that it wasn't like an instant moment. It was like a long process of people telling her over and over again, it's Jesus. There's nothing better. And so for those of you who are in here trying to navigate that deal, like is, really, is Jesus really worth this thing? You just, you just heard a girl say, I got the rug pulled out from under me. And I found that there's nothing better than Jesus. So that's, that's, that should be really, really encouraging to you. All right, I want to invite Landon Gregory to come up here. It's all you, man. Use your, uh, use your big boy voice. Yeah. All right, let's do this. So uh, my name's Landon Gregory. I'm a sophomore. And um, so for most of my, for all my life, I was raised in a Christian home. I've been going to church just like all my life. Grew up in this church, actually, so. Um, I was, uh, I, um, you're getting to me. You're getting to me. I was saved at a young age. And then, um, in third grade, uh, I was baptized, but I didn't really understand, you know, what, what does it mean to be baptized? I didn't understand, um, what I was committing myself to. So for elementary school, me, that meant, Hey, Every Sunday, every Wednesday, we go to church, we sing our part, we sit still, we don't, don't laugh, don't make jokes. And then you sing again, you go home. But um, it wasn't until seventh grade that I realized, hey, Christ is a lot more than that. Christianity means you live a lifestyle that's based on what God wants for you, not what you want. And so that year, I went to my first year of Collide, and it was super lit. Um <sighs> And then the speaker came up. We had just gone through another amazing night of worship. And he was, uh, his message was about playing a game with God. And I realized how specific that was, you know, because growing up in a Christian home, you, you know all the church answers, just like faith. Um, you know all the church answers, you know every answer. Um, and the gospel has been, you know, crammed down your throat just every day, every Sunday. And so... Um, that night, me and one of my friends stood up. We walked down, and we were we were prayed over, and it was an amazing night. And then the next year, I went from being homeschooled to going to a private Christian school, and forgot everything about Collide. Um, I put all my all all of me into my friendships, into um, what people thought of me, and. For two years, I was just kind of like chasing after friendship. Um, cause I wasn't allowed to date cause whatever, but, uh, friendship after friendship. And then, um, come 10th grade year, I started going to a new school. Um, I went to Boston mission trip and once again, it was lit. Um, and then I went to camp. And so I kind of just 
relearned what I learned in Collide, and that was Christianity is a lifestyle. It's not a choice. It's not Sunday, Wednesday. It's something that you do each and every day. And so this year in my new school, I've been trying to figure out what it means to live out Christ's love and what that looks like. Um, and that's been difficult, but yeah, that's where I am. So boom. One of the things I appreciate about Landon and him telling that story uh, is that he, he highlighted how, how easy it is for us to forget. We have these experiences with God. Some of you have it at a camp. Some of you have it at Collide. Some of you have it on Wednesday night. Some of you have it other places. I, whatever, fill in the blank. And it's so easy to forget. Because you get back into like the kind of the routine and the, the rut of life. And you forget, you forget all that God has done as if God is different in the, in the norm of life than he was at Collide or as he was at camp or as he was whenever it is that you had this experience with him. And it wasn't that God was different in those moments. It wasn't that God, when, when, when he was reminded on mission trip or wherever it is that he was, it wasn't that God all of a sudden was different. No, it was that, is that he opened Landon's eyes because Landon was on mission for God. He had the, had the focus on God for, for, the moment, for the moment that God had him. God turned his face. God turned his face toward him. And so often we forget because we just lose sight of what's going on. We get distracted, we go other directions, we look other places, and really all the whole time, God's just pulling our, pulling our gaze back to him. Pulling our gaze back to him. All right, Erin uh, Franklin, I'm going to invite her up here. That's all you. Hey guys, uh, like I said, my name is Erin Franklin. I am a senior this year. I'm actually... Yeah. Um, so I actually changed two years ago from a private school to homeschooling, and that was interesting. Uh, so I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, both my parents are Christians. I grew up actually in this church. Um, when I was about seven years old, it finally, like, I started to understand, like, what that meant. And I felt like, oh, yeah, I believe this. This makes sense. Um, but it wasn't until I was in junior high, when in eighth grade, that it really started to make sense to me. Um, but personally, I have grown up thinking of myself as, well, you're not really the best person. Like you're their second choice. Well, you don't really matter to them. They pick you because they didn't get the person they wanted. I felt that way with my friends. I felt that way with my family. I felt that way in every aspect of my life. Um, especially in seventh grade. And that was a year that I like my life. I felt like was falling apart in front of me. And then, um, Throughout that summer and throughout eighth grade and throughout that summer, God just really started to press into me like, "Hun, I love you. You are my daughter. You are, the, you are the beautiful creation I made you to be. And it started to click that he sent his son not only to die and to live a death that I couldn't, but that he rose up from the dead. And he is living and he is victorious. He defeated sin. He defeated death, not only for nothing for me and for you. And it's just, it's so powerful and it's so moving to get to understand that I was nothing. God didn't have to save me. I could have sat on the floor and just did nothing, but God in his grace showed me mercy and shows you mercy each and every day to love you and to cherish you so deeply. Um, so fast forward up to my freshman year of high school. Um, I found out that my brother had dealt with some very serious depression and was hospitalized for it. And that was something that shook my world. Uh, I went from being 
really strong in my faith to basically telling God, like, you messed me up. You're the reason my family doesn't work. And now I'm alone. I'm sitting in the waiting room of this hospital, verbally yelling at God saying, why did you do this? Why did you take him away? He was my hope. He was my security. I could talk to him about anything and now he's gone. Um, and so I dealt with that for a really long time and I fell into a little state of depression where for a year I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything. I put on the face. I acted like I was happy and I did everything I could to make sure that no one knew. Um, but there came a day when me and my dad finally just had this big blowout and we fought and we yelled and I went inside. I went straight to my bathroom, turned on the shower and I cried so no one could hear me. And I basically told God, like, you made a mistake. You made a mistake making me and there's no point in me being here. You basically should just take me out now. I don't have the will to do it. Go ahead. Um, and in that moment, God just brought this unexplainable peace over my life. And I started opening up to people and I started getting involved in my community and I started talking to adults and I had love and wisdom poured over me and God just continued to show me mercy in that. And in the middle of it, he came down to my level and he was like, sweetheart, you are my daughter. And he reiterated that time and time again. I love you. You have a purpose. I made you for a reason. You're here not because I was bored, but because I love you. And that's why I'm doing this. I'm showing you that I love you. And God has been steadfast in that. It's still hard. Things are still crazy in my life. But the only thing that's constant and consistent is the love that I get from Jesus each and every day. And being able to wake up and have hope and being able to wake up and say, I'm saved. God loves me. And he loves each and every one of you. And for me, with my brother, it was, I always saw it. It was, it was me and God or someone else. It's me and God and this. I find security in this through God. And I would make excuses. But in the midst of it, God told me, he's like, no, it's me and you. This is what it's about. This is about our relationship. I want you. I love you. Come to me. Don't run to other things. Come to me. And so that's really something that I'm learning right now is that, I'm here and God is coming to me. I don't have to clean myself up. I don't have to do all the right things and then run back. But he meets me where I'm at. And that's something that's so beautiful. And thank you for listening. One of the things I really appreciate about Aaron's story uh, is her willingness to be real honest with God. Some of you won't be honest with God as if God can't handle it. And I'm not saying you just like start cussing God out. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're interacting with God and faking it because you think you're pulling the wool over God's eyes, like you think you're just tricking him. Like coming to him and just like, our father, we loveth thee. And you know, and you're just like, like you're, like you're fooling God. But all the while, you're really actually pretty frustrated or you got some doubts. It would be better for you if you would just lay that down to God. Like if you would just come and be willing to say, look, I don't, I don't get it. I know some things are true about you. 
but I, but I'm real frustrated, God. If God is a father, which the Bible says that he is, I don't, I'm, I don't think that God's upset with that. So for those of you in here who have, maybe you're carrying some frustration, you're carrying some confusion. Instead of just walking around upset, why don't you just bring it to God? The one who can actually bring, bring clarity to your confusion or bring relief to your frustration. And instead of just going around shaking your fist at God, but just playing a game at church like it's all good. My story is similar. Uh, so I, I didn't grow up in a Christian household. Uh, I grew up in a really moral household. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, If Christianity was being being a good kid, we were Christians. But that's not, obviously. But people people from the outside looking in would have said, oh, they must be religious because... Because it was the it was the theme in the car on the way to spend the night at a friend's house. Hey, what's the routine? It's it's yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, ma'am, no, sir. Please, thank you, and I better not hear otherwise. It was my dad looking out the window saying, like, Hey, if he acts up, you have permission to spank him. I'm like, Dad, that's not very nice. Like it's just like, Hey, you better not act up. Don't be embarrassing to our family. We act right. That's what we do. And and being moral was as good as it got. It wasn't, it, it wasn't be moral because of something. It was be other than be moral or you are going to get in trouble. We went to church a little bit as I grew up. My, my dad's mom was extremely, extremely religious, right? Was committed to a church. And I think we went to church so that my, my, my dad's mom would get off of his back. That's why we went. Like the, the times that we would go, we would go so that, my dad's mom would just like ease off the gas pedal for a little bit. And so I did the VBS thing because who wouldn't take free childcare once a week in the summer, you know? Uh, so I did the VBS thing and we went to church sporadically. It wasn't like a Christmas and Easter only thing, but it also wasn't like, oh, we went twice a month. No, it was just like a, whenever my parents felt like it was good to go, maybe they were like, our kids are acting up again. Let's bring them to that church place and hopefully they'll fix them. So we would go to church and somehow by the grace of God, through exposure of hearing the gospel in fourth grade, I can remember vividly, vividly sitting in the church at first Baptist church, Deer Park and hearing the gospel. And then with every bit of fourth grade faith that I have believing the gospel that I was that, that I was a sinner, then there was no chance that I was going to get to God, and that the only way to God was through Christ, through belief in Christ. So with every bit of fourth grade faith that I have, I got up out of my pew. It was those days, right? I got up out of my pew and walked an aisle. Like if you're like, you walked aisle? Yeah, I walked an aisle to my parents' amazement. Like I got up and they were like, you better sit your butt down. What are you doing, boy? You know, it was that kind of deal. Like they thought I was acting up, but I'm like, I just, I think I need to talk to that guy. So I got up and I walked down and with every bit of fourth grade faith I have, I put my faith in Jesus that day. Was baptized quickly thereafter. I mean, quickly. If you grew up in First Baptist Church Park, it was like, get him saved, get him baptized. Let's do this thing. <laughs> quickly thereafter. And, and I, I understood the gospel that much. But like I said, we didn't go to church that often. I wasn't, I wasn't connected to a group. I wasn't connected to people who could tell me how to follow Jesus. And so for all I knew, I was just like, well, I'm going to have to, I don't have to go to hell. So that's awesome. But I had no clue how to follow Christ. No clue. I didn't know how to read the Bible. I didn't know. 
I thought praying was good food, good meat, good God. Let's eat. Let's do this thing. It's as good as it got for me because I had nobody to model. It certainly wasn't coming from my dad. It certainly wasn't coming from my mom. So I was just like, uh, Christians don't say bad words. Up into fifth grade, my dad cheats on my mom. Blew my world up. I can, I can remember coming home and my mom looking at my dad and saying, why don't you tell your kids what's been going on? And my, I, I just felt like my world exploded. We ended up moving from Deer Park to get away from that situation. We moved to Friendswood. Maybe if we just move, it'll go away. So we come to Friendswood and certainly I'm not connected to a church at all. I go sixth grade. Seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, not connected to a church, sporadically reading the Bible because I needed something. I knew something in me was upside down. I knew something was wrong. And something in me, now I know, was the Holy Spirit drawing me in. But at that time, it was just something in me needed to say, God, I I just need you. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to do this. But I I can remember sitting on the floor of my bathroom, reading my Bible, just wherever it opened and just trying to figure out, oh God, I don't know what to do here. Having no clue how to follow him. 10th grade. My sister gets connected to a church through a friend at school. And one night I'm laying on the couch in our game room watching TV. And she's like, hey, do you want to go to, you want to go to church with me tonight? Yeah, are there girls there? Sweet, let's do this. That's the life I was living at the time. So I put on a sleeveless shirt so they could see my biceps. And then I went to church. <laughs> You're laughing. I did. <laughs> so I go to church and... Uh, Nothing was special about the, the, the youth group. Nothing was special about the church. But I met this guy. His name was Kyle Jackson. And he was the, he was, he was the youth pastor there. And we hit it off quick. We just got along. I thought he was the coolest guy ever. It wasn't, it, I, I, it wasn't anything about his relationship with Jesus. I just thought he was cool. I was like, man, he's cool. I want to be around this guy. And I can remember... Uh, one day he called me while I was at high school, when I was at school, when I was getting out of school, which I thought was even cooler. I was like, I'm getting a phone call from the youth pastor. This is awesome. So I picked up the phone and I answer it. And he's like, Hey bro, I'm going to the Clearbrook football game tonight. I don't remember who they were playing. I just knew it was Clearbrook because we had some people that went to Clearbrook anyway. So I'm going to the Clearbrook football game tonight. Do you want to go with me? And I'm like, yes, thanks. (laughs) So I remember meeting him at the church and we rode together to the game and sat together and just kind of shot the breeze. wasn't anything, wasn't that big of a deal. If you've ever been, in, if you've ever left Veterans Memorial Stadium, CCISD Stadium, after a football game, you're going to be in traffic for the rest of your life. <laughs> and at that time, it was worse than it is now. So we get out, uh, we we get out and we get onto 518, and it's like gridlock. We're going nowhere. And I know now because I'm a student pastor. But now I know, like, you, were, you did this on purpose, didn't you? You knew that I was going to be in this car and then I couldn't go anywhere. You, I see what you did here. And we're moving along in traffic as slow as can be. And he asked me, hey, what do you think it looks like to follow Jesus? 
I'm like, you just read my mail, bro. How did you do that? I didn't know. I didn't have a clue. And he helped me week after week. He helped me figure out what it looked like to follow Christ. I had no male example. I mean, my dad was in the home, but it, he might as well not have been in the home. He was my buddy. We went to baseball games, right? He took me to tournaments. But as far as pointing me to God, I had no, I had no clue. And Kyle helped me. My, my parents' marriage finally exploded and they got divorced. I can remember walking in the door on my 18th birthday and my dad had bags packed and he said, I'm leaving. I was like, sweet, where are you going? When are you coming back? I'm leaving. And that was it. That's the last time he lived in our home. And I was furious. And I wasn't just furious at my parents' situation. I was furious with God. Because I had just gotten on this track. Like, God, I'm, I'm following you. I'm nailing this thing. Like, I'm, I'm like trying to have a quiet time. I'm going to church. Like, I'm starting to serve in the student ministry. This is awesome. I'm crushing this Christianity thing. And then this happens. And I can remember going up to my room. And this is the conversation I have with God. God, you don't have a clue what you're doing. Amen. And that was it. Because that's all I had. And it began this process of God revealing himself to me as the father that I didn't have. That God is a perfect father, one that isn't going to run out. That isn't going to bail. That isn't, that isn't, isn't faithless, but is always faithful. And I held on to that. I held on to the God who taught me and showed me what it was like to have a father that never ran out. And, and I, I've come to this point where I've forgiven my dad and we have a relationship now and all of that. It's, it's far better than it ever used to be. But I'm not looking to my dad, my earthly dad today saying, man, help me follow Jesus. No, I'm looking to my heavenly father saying, my eyes are on you, man. You're giving me direction here. My hope's on you. And for so many of you, your story's a little bit like that. And what I hope that tonight has accomplished, the band's going to come back up here. And what I hope tonight has accomplished is that it's really encouraged you, motivated you, that at some point in this, you've heard a little piece of your story and you've thought, I need to tell my story. I need to understand my story, right? So last week, we made these things that are just little outlines to fill in your story. If you passed it by last week and this week you're thinking, man, I really want to write my story down. I really want people to hear my story. Then go and grab one after, when we leave here, go grab one off the back table, take it, write your story down. You can do this. What do you, you, you are gonna be the people that take the gospel to the 4B area because guess where I don't get to go? I don't get to go to Clear Falls every day. I don't get to go to Clear Creek. I don't get to go to Clear Springs. I don't, I don't, get, I don't even go into Bay Area Christian school every day. You do. And you're going to take it with your story. You've got what it takes. I hope, like everything, that through the, that this series and this time together and hearing these students tell their stories has only motivated you, not, not made you feel worse, but just motivated you to on your team, in your club, in your classroom, in your neighborhood, to grab one person, just one, 
and say, hey, can I tell you something? And you just vomit your story, as weird as that might be. And they're going to be like, why did you tell me that? Just because I love you? Okay, bye. And you just go for it. 